You're listening to AskDaryl.com. You've got questions, we'll get you the answers. AskDaryl.com. Hello and welcome to episode number 17 of the Ask Daryl podcast. The Ask Daryl podcast is where I, your host, Daryl Girardier, take your questions on social media, technology, and communications, all dealing with the church and do my best to answer them in the most brief yet thorough way possible. Today's question is one that I get a lot. It's probably in the top three questions I get when I am doing consulting with churches, uh, especially individuals who've been tasked with running social media for their church. If you're the student minister, children's minister, or even the church secretary, and you've been handed the task of starting the Twitter account or starting the Facebook account, Facebook page for your church, this is the question I normally get. And it's something along the lines of, how do I get my pastor involved on social media or my senior leadership, but really my pastor, how do I get them like where they're going to want to do this? And that's a really, really good question. I've written about it before in a couple of blog posts, and I actually wrote a blog post for Lifeway this week dealing with that a little bit. But I thought I'd go a little bit more in depth on today's podcast, talk about how personally how I did that with my pastor. And so uh, I think the easiest way to start this is kind of giving you a little bit of my origin story about how I came into this profession, if you want to use that term. So think of this episode like the beginning of it's kind of like my Marvel comics origin story, except for I'm not a superhero. Um, so basically for me, it started probably in around 2006, 2007. Um, I was a creative director at Lifeway, uh, running creative um, for events. Uh, eventually took over creative for publishing and events in terms of video. But at that point was just mainly primarily dealing with all of their uh, all their events. And so uh, as I was doing that, um, I felt the pull and the tug to try more things that were technologically inclined, i.e. coding, design, um, and just social media in general. At that point, there really wasn't a whole lot out there. Um, Twitter just got on the horizon in 2006, 2007, I believe. And there was obviously Facebook was starting to ramp up. So while that was going on, I started to form a relationship a good friendship, if you will, with my pastor. Um, we just started in 2007. We just started dialoguing back and forth um, just about books we were reading on technology and just thoughts we had on how to reach young adults and the future of church. So it was kind of one of those things where we were just having lots of different conversations about that. Meanwhile, while those conversations were happening with my pastor, I was spending a good portion of my nights coding um, and learning how to design and just basic web design principles and fundamentals and those type of things because it was one of those things where I was just passionate about. And so what was it kind of turned into a second job, if you will, of just learning, okay, how does all this work and how do we do this and how do we do it well? So you coincide that with having conversations with my pastor. My pastor at that time, and still does, have a, a passion for our young adults. And, you know, again, he's very well, he's a very well-read man, reads lots of things, just not dealing with theology, but also technical, social, lots of, lots of interesting stuff. So he kind of had that stirring in his mind. So around 2008, I reserved a Twitter account for him. I reserved at Mike Glenn, just on a hunch that this would be something that he might want. I wasn't quite sure, but I thought this may be something that he would want. So I went ahead and reserved it. And I'm glad I did because we got at Mike Glenn. So I grabbed that and I sent it to him. I emailed it to him in 2008 and said, you might need this. I said, I'm not sure, but I think this Twitter thing is actually going to be pretty good. 
So he said, all right. And so from there, we started um, dialoguing about it more. He started playing with Twitter, started um, working on it. And then around 2012, 2013, uh, I started the conversation with my church uh, in regards to coming on full-time, leaving Lifeway, and to head up all their social media, the web, um, mobile devices, um, anything digital-related um, handled that. And so I came on board and took on that team. And so um, I've been, been doing that and took on the art and design and video as well. So that's the, that's the areas I'm running right now. So that kind of gets you to where we are today. So let me kind of break down how we handle our pastor's social media, which will kind of give you an idea of how we um, how we run the day-to-day with him, which I think will give you some insight on how you can do this with your pastor. Um, a couple things. First off, one, let it be known that our pastor writes all of his own social media. We don't write anything for him. He He writes everything. Um, I want to make that on the make that very clear on the front end. Some people do have people who ghost tweet for them in terms of they write the content for them. Uh, political candidates do that, and I get that because you know you have to have a certain amount of you don't want errors. Um, but for the most part, he actually writes majority of his tweets. Um, he writes everything. Uh, we might craft things a little differently if he's got a blog post coming out. We might tweet that for him, and we might tweet the subject line of that, or the you know we might tweak his headline on a blog post. But for the most part. He handles all of his social media in terms of writing the content. Uh, every, Not every morning, but most mornings he'll come in and he'll email one of us his five or six tweets. Hey, these are what I'm thinking about today. Can you tweet this out? And we just schedule that out. Um, at the same time, he still live tweets. He still live tweets some really good stuff in, in moments that are appropriate to live tweet that, hey, this is going on. Um, he also has his passions like Alabama football, so he'll live tweet during that. But for the most part, we kind of schedule those uh, those tweets out out for him. Uh, the same thing goes for his blog posts. He'll come in and he'll say, hey, here's my blog post um, for the day. And then we'll go in and we will turn around and we'll put that in WordPress form and we'll schedule that out in, in WordPress. Now, here's the reason why we do that. We don't do that because our pastor can't learn Twitter or he actually, which he knows how to use Twitter. He knows how to use the web interface or WordPress for that matter. One of the reasons why we do that is we try to remove any and all technical barriers from the actual publishing process for them. So if your pastor is one that's not technically inclined, one thing I suggest you do is is do whatever you can to remove the technical barriers. And that's what we did. We just said, hey, he's not going to want to learn how to hit WordPress and WordPress is funky with its editor sometimes. And, you know, it, it can be a little awkward. So why don't we just remove that from him? So he sends it to us and we schedule it out for him. It doesn't take very long for us to do that. Uh, Katie Allred, the amazing web content manager here who, who, who specializes in that, handles that for him. But we deal with that because we want we want to remove any and all technical now uh, technical barriers from that process for him. At the same time, um, as we started this process for him, we realized for him the way that he's wired, and this is something you need to figure out about your pastor is how your pastor is wired. Mike's wiring is such that he wants to see results. He wants to see a win, if you will, to use that language. So about about a year and a half ago, he sat down with me and said, I don't think this Twitter thing is working out. Nobody's retweeting my stuff and nobody's favoriting my stuff. And I sat down with him and I said, look, I said, I I get what you're saying. That makes sense. However, have you ever looked at your Facebook page? And we had created at that point, we had had a, a Facebook page running just for our pastor. And he goes, no. And I said, let's look at those numbers. And when he saw those numbers, they are so drastically different from Twitter. Um, 
they're huge um, in comparison to Twitter, and he's doing really good on Facebook. Why? That's because where majority of his audience is at. They're on Facebook. That's where majority of our church is at. So for Mike, Mike had to understand what a win looked like, and I had to kind of reframe that for him. And so I think you're going to have to do that for your pastor. What does a win look like? Um, for some pastors, they have no idea, and you're going to have to help them understand what a win looks like. For Mike, it's really easy. A win is the sense that, hey, this is getting out and people are seeing it. If eyeballs are seeing it, that's a win. Um, also, it helps that if you can take whatever you're doing with your pastor and tie it back to your church's goals. Uh, our church has five goals every uh, for, We have five year, a five-year set of goals. This is the next five years, we want to accomplish these five things. So anytime we can tie social media back to those goals and he has a clear understanding of how that works, that's also a win as well. So for us, we had to figure out a way to get him wins that he felt really comfortable with. Um, at the same time, we also admit that we have flat out failed at a few things with our pastor. Uh, we have failed at Instagram and we have failed at Pinterest. And part of that is, is that um, one, it was one more thing we were adding to our plates and we just couldn't keep up with and do well. And two, it's not something that he's really wired to do. He's he's like he's more of a text guy. He's rather just pound out 140 characters and send it out. That's that's who he is. He's not really a take a photo kind of guy, um, and that's just how he's wired. So we tried Instagram, we tried Pinterest, we tried running it for him. But given everything we have going on, we just knew at the end of the day it probably wasn't the best use of our time. So eventually, those accounts still exist, but they're kind of abandoned. And maybe at some point we'll revisit them. But for right now, it's just not where we're going to spend our time. For us, he's really comfortable with Twitter, um, and Facebook is where the audience is at, at least a good portion of our audience is at. So that's where we're going to spend our time there. So, again, we fail. You will fail when you do this. You're going to fail. You know, there's going to be moments where you're going to think, man, we nailed this, and your pastor's going to be like, doesn't feel it, and doesn't work out, and it's not a win, and in his eyes it's a fail, and that's okay. You're going to fail a lot. But one thing we try to do is we try to fail quickly, quickly and move on until we can get to find the next win we don't linger on our failures so we failed that's fine get up move on let's try something else and let's see how we can get a win there's a couple other things we do to keep our pastor engaged on social media one of those things is we do uh like kind of a, uh, like reddit does and ask me anything we will all do a live twitter ask me anything occasionally where we'll just tell people especially obviously gearing this at our young adults saying hey mike is going to be on twitter for the next 45 minutes after a worship service ask him any question you want and people can tweet in those questions and then we turn around and we just turn around and we answer them sometimes we've actually done that as a live worship service um where you can have people tweet in questions live uh, we've done it where you've texted in a number um via like a google voice number and one reason we did that was for anonymity. Uh, some people ask questions they really don't want to have be public, but they want the question answered. So we do that with a Google voice number. So that's not really social media per se, but it adds a social aspect to our worship service. And that's what we did during our young adult service. We've done it a couple times, and it's been really successful. People really love it because they really feel like they can ask their pastor anything. And Mike's not afraid to tackle some pretty tough issues. Uh, some other things we do with this content, and which obviously leads into social media, is we also do a podcast. Um, we will do a podcast. We will spend about an hour uh, recording a podcast, and we break it up into about 15, 20-minute chunks, depending on how long it goes. Um, that's ideally what it's supposed to go. Sometimes, given his schedule, it's kind of like if I can get an hour with him, great. It's usually like 45 minutes, so I'm usually getting about 10-minute chunks. But it's a podcast right now that um, I'm currently co-hosting with him but we'll no longer be co-hosting with him. My wife will be taking those duties because she'll be much better at it, but it's on marriage. Um, 
and that's what we've got him doing. We've got him doing a podcast on marriage. And if you notice, uh, if you notice, uh, if you go to his website, one of the things we've done is we focused him around marriage. And I would actually, as I'm talking this through out loud with you, I would realize one of the other things that would, that's worked for us with our pastor is is narrowing our pastor down to a few topics. So one of the things you might want to do is, is just saying versus, hey, pastor, just tweet about Christianity or, you know, whatever it is in terms of daily Christian living. You might want to narrow it down in terms of a few specific areas that are their passion points, things that they're really passionate about. That may make it easier for them to come up with content. And for Mike, he's passionate about a lot of things, but one of the, one of the many things he is passionate about, he's passionate about his wife and his family and about marriage and what does marriage look like. And so that's one of the things we decided to focus on. We did a, actually did a survey, which I suggest you do. We did a survey of his audience on his blog, and overwhelmingly it was all about leadership, uh, manhood, and marriage, and marriage came out on top. So we decided to focus his podcast on marriage and his blog as well. So we did a redesign, and we're about to do another redesign of his blog, And but we focused on marriage, and that's what we focused his podcast on. Again, that's made it easier for us to shape content. Um, Going back to his blog real quick, one of the things we also do on his blog is while he writes all the content, we actually will give him topics to blog on. Um, sometimes he follows it, sometimes he doesn't, but he kind of hits the target for the most part. But we say, hey, this is doing really good on Twitter. So he'll tweet something about marriage, and if we get a lot of play on Twitter, we'll think, that might make a good blog post. And so we turn around and say, hey, can you, can you write just 500 words on this subject? And he does it. And so when he finds the time um, and he, he makes it work, and then that's how we kind of generate some content for his blog um, based off of what people are retweeting and favoriting. So uh, that's how we kind of do some other some of the other social aspects of uh, for our pastor. A couple of things you also need to know is though we're not always in sync, our pastor and us. We often disagree on things. So you and your pastor, if you think, wow, my pastor's, man, they disagree with me a lot on X, Y, and Z, whatever that is. You're not the only one. I'm, I'm pretty open with that with Mike that I disagree on the style of worship. Uh, we have two very va- drastically different interpretations of what style of worship should be during a worship service, and that's okay. Um, but we disagree on that. Um, we disagree on technology sometimes. Um, I'm a big believer that just because it's technology might be used for a nefarious purpose, i.e., like Snapchat or uh, you know that's th- th- those type of technologies. I don't always see that as the end of the world i just usually see that as an immature a technology that's not matured yet and once it matures typically when big brands come in like a coke a pepsi espn those brands start using that technology it typically starts to mature and all of a sudden it becomes a little less creepy and becomes a little better and everybody can start using it and i think snapchat's headed that way he doesn't always see technology like that we have debates about that um and so we disagree but that's that, that's okay. He respects my opinion. I respect his. And so we kind of go from there. Um, so that's kind of, you know, again, we don't agree on everything. Um, other thing I've learned about working with ministers and, and, and trying to get them on social media is, is a lot of times I have a tendency to be analytical and be cold about the numbers, but I've begun to realize that a lot of times you have to give them some sort of emotional connection to the social media. There's got to be a sense of not just a win in terms of numbers, but a win in terms of stories. So anytime you can show them that somebody's been impacted by something they've done on social media in an emotional slash spiritual way, I think that's a that's a win. Or at least something somebody commented on something they've done maybe live on a sermon or something they commented on social media. Uh, I think that's always a win for them because it gives them sort of some some sort of emotional connection to social media. 
Um, so that's one of the things where, you know, I think you, you've got to, you got to figure out what that looks like for them. But I always think not just a head, but a heart connection to social media. Uh, the other thing is, is with that is, is that, um, when it comes to this is that when it comes to that emotional connection, again, you're going to fail. There's moments when you think, man, this is going to work really great and people are going to love it and you kind of build it up and then it falls flat. Um, I've had that with senior adults. Um, I love our senior adults, but I've had many fails, some wins, um, but trying to get the emotional connection with our senior adults, not always sometimes a win. I've realized that uh, if you want emotional connection with a senior adult on social media, put the pictures of their grandkids on Facebook and they'll flock there. Actually, there's a whole episode of the podcast. If you want to search for the archives dedicated to senior adults and how we try to get them online to see what we can do. So that's kind of how my pastor and I, we kind of started this whole conversation on social media. This is how we started um, working together on it. Um, and it's a good relationship. It's a growing relationship. It's one that, again, um, is morphing over time. Um, so I'm excited about that. I'm excited about the future hold. So if you want to check out my pastor's social media, just go to twitter.com slash Mike Glenn. Um, that's where he's at. Or you can go to MikeGlennOnline.com, and that's his blog. If you've enjoyed this podcast, don't forget we are on iTunes where you can go and rate the podcast. We're also on, now on Stitcher. If you're one of my many listeners who are on an Android device and you use Stitcher, we are now on Stitcher. Uh, if you're on iTunes or on Stitcher, I believe on you can do this on Stitcher, uh, please rate the podcast. That would be great. Um, if you've got a question for me, head over to AskDaryl.com. That's A-S-K-D-A-R-E-L.com. You can also direct message me on Twitter because I leave the direct message open. I'm at DGirardier. That's at D-G-I-R-A-R-D-I-E-R on Twitter. Uh, you can use the hashtag AskDaryl as well. Well, that does it for this week. I hope you're enjoying your summer. It's been unbelievably hot here in Nashville, and I can't wait for fall to come. So hope you have a great week, and I'll talk to you soon. Thanks. Bye. Thanks for listening to AskDaryl.com. Don't forget, if you've got questions, go online and submit them to AskDaryl.com.